Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And today we're talking about something that I think is really important and always comes up in this process of recovery. Mm -hmm. And it's important, and that is reintegrating sexuality back into the relationship. Right. After there has been betrayal, discovery, hurt, loss, and naturally a pulling away, a withdrawing, isolating time and space, which is what should happen. Yes. But then how do we start to come back together? When do we know that it's a good time to come back together? Right. So how do I know when it's time and what do I do is an important one. Hopefully you're better at knowing when not to. And that's why you probably haven't <laughs> been very close. But even discovery. let's, maybe we even just kind of step back a second and say, okay, discoveries happened how much is okay and what's okay and what's not okay. And that's a good question. And that's a good question because I see both sides where sometimes there's a real good time and space, which I think is healthy. And then also there's like a ultra mega period of sexuality following discovery, which I don't think is very healthy. Right. So you may be in one or the other of those two camps. Often there will be a sense of, oh no, this will fix whatever is wrong uh, if I hold his interest enough sexually or if yes. I'm fun enough. And so that's the answer. Yes. I'm going to make things okay with, with sex. I'm going to hold his interest. I'm going to connect that way or I'm, I've got to be sexy enough or good enough or all of those kinds of things. Which typically isn't super helpful. No, because it's not addressing the issue. It's just more of a codependent, I need you to be in this relationship and I need you to be interested in me instead of a, hey, what is amiss? Where are we off here? Right. If this is happening, if this is in the relationship. And the same thing also from the addict side of things right is that concept of like okay now we've had disclosure so it's gonna it's fixed everything and so sex should be fine now everything should be fine now yep and they love that the wife will be more sexual in this period in fact i have heard over and over again that the month or two following disclosure or discovery Mm -hmm. was like the best time in our marriage (laughs) uh at least probably from that angle of it yeah. where the wife was very sensitive to those things and was trying to be everything. But that doesn't last. I don't know that I have ever seen yeah. that last. And yeah. so how do we approach this in a healthy way? Yes, yes. We don't just want to be kind of throwing sex into the mix to try to fix the problems and fix and fix those issues. So, so typically what 
I encourage is some space there. Like, okay, we've had disclosure or you've just found out you've had a D-Day and we're coming in, which is discovery day for people who are not as familiar with that term. And we're looking for some space. So we want some time and some space separate from sexuality. So not necessarily a sex fast per se, which we will absolutely talk about, but a space of time where there's no expectation of sex. Uh, There's no expectation of connection in a sexual way. And that can kind of be set to the side a little bit as you're trying to navigate this new information that's come up. Right. Sex really ought to be an expression of an already existing trust and love. Yes. Not sort of a substitute for. Yes. And so obviously with discovery, there is a lot of hurt. There's betrayal. Mm -hmm. There's a lack of trust. And so the sex ought to be put on hold. Yeah. And both of you just focus on slowing down and regrounding yourselves and figuring things out. Because that expression of love is probably quite confused at that point. Yes, absolutely. And especially as you're looking back and thinking for the spouse, how much of the sex that was occurring prior to that was done from this loving, trusting space. Definitely. So there's a lot of confusion, a lot of sorting through around sexuality and re kind of figuring out, okay, what is going on here um, for me and for our relationship? And oftentimes I'll have spouses who are now thinking back and going, oh, you know, there's these couple of times when, you know, or lots of times when I felt pushed and, oh, wow. So now I need to really kind of refigure out what my boundaries around sex are. Or maybe you've been, you know, you've done things that now you realize, oh, if I had realized that this was going on the relationship, I wouldn't have made these choices. And that's that's a lot of the betrayal, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I was completely vulnerable and exposed and open and giving of myself in a way that like is only unique to us Mm -hmm. and this was happening and I didn't know. Yes. And that takes time and space to work through and heal for sure. Yeah. So, so there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to have to navigate and work through and, and really come to, okay, if this is where things are, then I may choose to act in a sexual way very differently in the future. Right. Um, whether that's something is, you know, smaller, such as uh, a boundary around, okay, where I'm touched versus, um, maybe even the type of sex that we're having. Um, and it can even be as big as maybe before you did a lot of videoing of each other or different things like that. And now that doesn't feel as safe. Right. Instead of like fun, exciting, exploratory sex, which is, you know, hopefully Mm -hmm. in a really trusting relationship, it becomes like slowing way down and 
just building back into the connection of it. Yes. Less of the fun excitement of it, but more of just the touch and the contact and the eye contact. And yeah. Which part of this is, is sensate focus as well, which we're going right. to talk. We will talk about that. A little bit about. Yeah. Either today or in another episode, we'll kind of go into some of those things. We'll just, we'll touch on some of these options, but yes, when you're reintegrating that sexuality, it, again, it has to be built on that love. It has to be built on trust. Especially now. Yes. Especially now. And that connection, the emotional uh, connection is going to be a huge part of this. So if you're an addict and you're like, why doesn't my spouse want to have sex all of a sudden right now all the time or even at all, there's a reason. And I think David's really good at kind of drilling this into into the addict's head. So I don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit and some of the things that you share with them. Yeah, the idea definitely is most guys have had experiences where they're thinking about sex or they've been thinking about sex that day, but then they come home and they're grumpy or grouchy. There's a fight, there's a disagreement, but they are still ready. And then, you know, you put the kids to bed and the time arrives where they're thinking now we get to be intimate, but she's not thinking that, especially after the disagreement, especially after the frustration, but the guys can put that in a compartment that's really far away. It's kind of a running joke, right? Where, <laughs> the guy says, hey, I was hoping that we could have sex or fool around or mess around or whatever phrase couples have because I've learned each couple has their unique little yes. phrase for it, yep. <laughs> which is fun. And what he hears is after what you said to me at 6 o'clock, and he's like, wait, what? Uh, what what mm -hmm. happened? He's already put it away because his brain is compartmentalized, and that's not how her brain works. Her brain is one big spool of wire. It's all connected. Yeah. And by the way, her brain works better in a lot of ways. Her corpus callosum yeah. is significantly larger. The halves of her brain talk better. And so the way she processes, the way she remembers is very different. And this is important to note. Yeah. So she's been tremendously hurt by the discovery, by the betrayal. And she's quite far if she's being honest with herself and sometimes they go to the other end of I'm going to give you everything I think you want just to stay in this relationship but again that's more of a codependent reaction right if she's being honest um, she needs a lot of time yes. and space yeah in she fact she's just kind sex. of disgusted in the whole situation and what's happened mm -hmm. and you are not who she thought you were mm -hmm. and now she's got to figure that out so kind of like the fight situation, she's not going to be thinking about it. Well, especially now, she's not going to be thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. And even if she is, I will tell my guys, hey, just slow down. Yeah. Even if she's willing. And that's kind of the sex fast that we talk a little bit about. The sex fast is just what it sounds like. And, and we, we say fast because it's sort of with the purpose, hopefully. It's not just the absence yes. of sex, but yes. it's... it's intentionally pursuing something else and being mm -hmm. very deliberate about that. So a sex fast would be no sex or anything sexual, by the way. So that means you're not sitting and making out. Yes. No, doing everything but. Too, right. <laughs> um, no, this is, you're taking that off the table and you can say 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. 
Yeah. I don't know that I've ever gone over 90 days. Yeah. Yeah. For a therapeutic sex fast, 90 days is, is a, is kind of the longest. I think I usually do around 60 days. Right. But it's necessary for the relationship to find itself. Mm-hmm. And a really cool thing that happens is they start to learn to connect in other ways. The and so talks become more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Walks become more meaningful. Time together, things like running errands, which yeah. just weren't that big a deal before, become special. Yeah. And the guys really notice this too. Like they benefit from it. Yeah, they're frustrated sexually when something like this is happening, but it forces the relationship to get around it. Right. And it, it does because your brain needs it. emotional connection. Uh-huh. It needs connection. And so it figures it out. Yeah. 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 I love that. If uh, you're not currently doing a sex fast, uh, backing up to maybe lesser boundaries than that, but still sex needs to be very boundaried. Mm-hmm. And that can sometimes addicts and even the spouses will say, oh, gosh, that feels very constraining. But what we really want to do is create a lot of structure around that so that there is some emotional safety there. Mm-hmm. And so what that can look like a lot of times is permission for any physical contact. I love it. <laughs> yes. I love this one, actually. Um, any physical any contact. Physical like contact. if you want to give me a hug, you should ask first. Um, for one, it makes her feel safe. She's not going to have to worry about, you know, a lot of women often are already worried about, uh, what is he wanting that I'm not mm-hmm. really ready for in the mood for anyway. And that's before all this stuff. So, yeah. uh, sometimes it's even worse after, but if you want to give her a hug or hold her hand or anything physical, ask first. Yes. It's really respectful and it's a way to say, I see you, you're important to me, which again has been lost in the betrayal. Mm-hmm. Naturally, it's been lost. And so, hey, I'm really feeling good about our talk. I feel closer to you. Is it okay if I give you a hug? And yeah. just ask. And if she says no, <laughs> that's okay. Yes. Don't get upset. It's not about you. It's yep. not a personal thing. It's a, and it's not about your worth, right? Your right. worth is still a hundred percent. Yep. It'll feel space. like rejection for sure. Yeah. But this is part of you respecting and rebuilding and showing her that she's that important to you. Yeah. And this only works by the way, if the spouse is holding good boundaries. So yes. If this is a both and thing, yes. and we talk, I talk a lot with my clients about this is a both and thing. Both and. You have to be the addict has to be respectful of the boundaries, um, respectful of making sure they're asking permission. They're asking permission only for what they're doing, right? You know, right. oh, can I give you a hug? This is not going to turn <laughs> into a grabbing your butt right, kind of a thing, right? right. right? Like this is the permission for exactly what is occurring, and then. The spouse also has to hold the boundary, right? And actually respect themselves enough to right. say, this is what I wanted and this is what I'm agreeing to and not running right through all of those things as well. For whatever reason, whether it's a codependent or um, any other reason, it's important for both sides to be doing that. So permission for any kind of physical touch 
is just, it's a beautiful way to reconnect and to Mm -hmm. say, Hey, I respect you. And for the spouse to be able to have that, they're not going to be walking down the hall and, you know, be touched. And honestly, it means a lot to the spouse who's been betrayed to see you as the addict begin to exercise discipline over stuff that you might want to do because there's been a real lack of confidence in, well, can you just not do what you want to do or can you do what you don't want to do? Yeah. And so by seeing you exercise enough restraint to ask permission means a lot. Yes, it really, really does. Until such time, I will usually tell couples until everybody has agreed that that's no longer required. And if you're working with a therapist and they feel the same way. And so this can last a while, Mm -hmm. but you know what, toward the end of that process, they're likely saying yes to most of what you're asking for, which is a great thing. Yes and yes. Yeah. And of course, just every, every new layer requires an, an additional asking of permission. So Boundaries are really, really, really important as you're reintegrating sexually. Yep. And both sides need to be respectful of what's going on there and holding those boundaries. And so if you say as a spouse, I am not interested in having sex, then don't push it right to the edge and then walk away. Right. Not helpful. No, not helpful at all. So be respectful on your side that, hey, you know... If this is what I'm saying is I'm not interested in sex, then let me be aware of how sexually aroused and what I'm creating in this environment is, right? Yep. So again, with that, then sex fast is an option. A therapeutic sex fast is really, really great, I think, in so many instances. And I love, you know, we've talked about 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. There's a lot there. Um, and sometimes it's hard. We were talking about this in preparation for, okay, how do we want to talk about some of these things? And we're talking about, it's sometimes hard for the spouse to do these sex fasts. Yep. And sometimes they're the ones that blow it. (laughs) Often they're the ones that blow it. And, and my addict comes in and I'm like, how are you doing? And he's like, well, we're starting over on the sex fast. I'm like. (laughs) So you, he says, no, not me. It wasn't me. (laughs) I'm like, wait, it wasn't you. So what happened? And the wife reached a point of just, you know, this is really hard for her too. Yeah. And so everybody has to be in agreement that this is what we're doing. Yes. And you all have to follow through. It doesn't, doesn't matter if you were the betrayed person, you still have to follow through. If you're doing a sex fast, you have to follow through too. Mm -hmm. And, and that's important because you're going to, you're both going to reach points where it feels really hard sometimes. And that's the point at which you slow it down again and connect, connect emotionally. You want to be able to strengthen this relationship. That's the priority. Strengthen the emotional connection. Delaying of gratification. Yes. Sexual gratification Uh because emotional gratification can... You fill that bucket all day. Exponentially in a process like this. And it's so important because, again, we're rebuilding starting from that ground up. And so that baseline connection is that deep emotional connection. You want to build that. Mm -hmm. That's where you want to start from. And so make sure that if you're the spouse that you are also following through with this. 
And so it seems like, and David, we were talking about this, that oftentimes initially it's the struggle for the addict, like, oh, pushing through those, that first little bit of the sex fast. And then oftentimes it's the spouse that has the harder time kind of maybe on the back end. And 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 honestly, I think a lot of that is because he's actually doing a pretty good job of connecting emotionally. And so for a woman, yeah, if we're not being physical, but we're connecting all the time emotionally, that's that's really arousing. It is very arousing. And so, which is why if I'm being honest and maybe I shouldn't say this, (laughs) but (laughs) if I'm being honest, I'm like glad that it happens when it does, because if she's the one pushing for it, it's like, hooray, you are doing what you're, you're doing supposed what, yeah. to be doing if she's feeling more connected to you. So yeah, it's right. kind of like, you should not have let that happen. But inside, I'm like, oh, good. I'm yes. glad that you're getting yes. to that point. As long as, again, it's not that space where it's right. that, like, if oh, she's not, I just yeah. really want to just have sex to have sex and to kind of make sure that we're staying together or whatever. Right. But right. And that's why we say, don't mess up anyway. Yeah. Just just don't mess up. If to. you're trying really, really hard and it's just getting really hard, good. That means you're connecting. Go take a cold shower and <laughs> keep connecting. <laughs> because that's what we want. We want to build this so strong that when you come out of that sex fast, there is trust and love just so, so much. And that emotional connection so much that... That's, I mean, that's why you have sex, right? That it's that, that kind of culmination of this relationship that you've built together. And the goal, make no mistake, is for this relationship to be stronger than it has ever been. We're not planning to go back to what it was before. Right. That wasn't good enough. Clearly. Yes. That wasn't good enough. And so this is something new. Yeah. And better. And so we're going to start with those boundaries. We're going to start with that permission and possibly a sex fast. And then there are other things that we can do to start to integrate. And we will talk about these at another time. We've got Sensate Focus will come up. We've got scheduled sex, which does not sound like that fun exploratory kind of <laughs> space. But it's fun really with Dick and Jane, great space. If you remember that scene, which is hilarious, <laughs> where they start kissing and they start getting excited. And he's like, let's schedule this. And she's like, okay, hey, I've got next Tuesday. And then they just turn around and go to bed. <laughs> scheduled sex. No, that a little bit different. Be a really, yeah, it can be a really helpful way to reintegrate right. healthy sexuality. So we'll talk about some of those later, but... Just giving that brief, right as we're coming out of D-Day or disclosure, what does sex look like? This is what it looks like. Boundaries, permission, potential sex fast. Yep. So. So stay tuned and we'll we'll keep keep talking about this. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.